It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is a pleasure to have you out there listening. I am Chloe Thomas. I am the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I am an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. If you have an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com and click on Work with Chloe. There you'll find all the details of how to get in touch with me, and I aim to get back to you within one working day. Right, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Andy Papier is one of the three co-founders of Grand Box, the original subscription box for seniors and grandparents. It connects thousands of families across the USA and each box is filled with gifts, treats and customised content such as photos and letters. They're currently in their fifth year and have doubled the subscription base every single year they've been operating. Hello, Andy. Hello, Chloe. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's brilliant to have you on, and I'm I'm excited to learn more about your business. So, I've given our listeners a really quick overview of you and the business and what you're up to mm-hmm. now. But how did this journey start? How did you get started in e-commerce? Well, uh, that's a good question. I mean, me and my friend at the time, and he still is my friend, but like now he's a co-founder. Uh, we wanted to start our own thing besides what we were doing during our day jobs. So we had decided, and at the time, you know, this was like five years ago, five and five and a half years ago, actually around March of 2013, mm-hmm. um, that we wanted to start a subscription box. Uh, they were very popular at the time. They still are. They've exploded since then. Um, and so it came down to more of a matter of like what kind of box we wanted to do. Uh, and Joe's wife and him had come up with a couple of ideas one being one for children, uh, which are very popular, and then another one for you know grandparents or seniors. Uh, we chose, or I actually chose, in the sense that the one I liked the best out of the two was grandparents and seniors, um, specifically because I don't have children, so I'm not as you know mm-hmm. in tune with what a child box would be for, or you know like what would be in it, that kind of thing. Uh, so. And I have a lot of experience with older folks and seniors as I'm one of the youngest in my family. So I used to visit my grandparents and nursing homes, retirement homes, uh, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and when we were talking about it, we just thought it was a perfect um, uh, idea in the sense, too, in the United States, the baby boomer generation is, you know, the biggest generation in the United States as far as population and they're all becoming seniors or are seniors. So there's a huge market there. There always will be a market there to some degree, regardless if it's a baby boomers or not, uh, because everybody gets old and everybody becomes a senior at some point. At least, you know, hopefully they do. Um, so we thought this was just a really good way for people to connect with their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, especially nowadays where everybody in the United States, particularly not very many people stay at home anymore. They move away, they go to the big city or what have you, they go across the country. Um, so I thought we just thought this would be a perfect idea to send to your grandparents, to your aunts, your uncles, whoever it's not just for 
grandmothers or whatever, you can send it to your grandfather. Um, and it's just a great way to connect families. Um, so we started it. We did a lot of market research. We would go to, you know, pubs and bars or whatever and just randomly ask people what they think about it and that kind of stuff and how much they pay. And then we did that for about a year. It basically took us about a year to launch, you know, with all the paperwork and what have you and the market research, what we would put in the box. You know, we scheduled a year in advance kind of a calendar what would be in each box because it's a monthly box. And then March of 2014 is when we really launched for the first time. So it took a year to really kind of get the business, you know, up to speed. And then March of 2014, exactly a year from when we started is when we sent out our first grand box. Wow. I'm going to come back and ask you lots of questions about that later. But before, yeah, we, before we get into that meat of things, I want to just mm-hmm. let people understand a few of the nuts and bolts about yes. the business. Yes. So um, you're in the US. You've mentioned yes. it a couple of times. Are you yeah. selling only within the US or are you selling uh, overseas as well? Uh, we're not selling overseas right now just because of the cost. You know, the box, you know, the cheapest box is around $30 if you do an, like an annual subscription. And, you know, if we did it, if we shipped overseas, it, the costs, I don't know the, if the value would still be there. I mean, we could do it, but it would, you know, it, it'd make it pretty expensive. We've thought about it and started um, researching a little bit about shipping in Canada. It's a little less expensive, but we still haven't taken that leap yet. You know, we've talked to a lot of people about it. Some people say that to do it just because there's other tax impl- um, implications. There's other things you got to do. You got to set up something. I forget exactly what in the Canada, but you got to set up like some sort of company, you know, an mm-hmm. LLC in Canada as well. Um, so we're still we're we're kind of you know you know thinking about doing that or you know putting our toe in the water a little bit when it comes to Canada. But we haven't really talked about the uh, U or UK or Europe or anything like that. If we would do that in the future, it would probably be more of a referral program. Like we would have somebody as the go-to person there. Who would you know we'd communicate mm-hmm. with and they would kind of do exactly what we're doing here but you know do it over Locally. there and probably add a little bit more of their flavor you know as far as the culture and stuff what people prefer over there versus like what people do in the united states and there's probably enough seniors in the u.s to keep you yeah. growing for many yeah. years to come oh, yeah yeah so. you know but i mean but obviously the thing is what's very interesting though is i've done a lot of research i do a lot of market research for the company is, you know, I would say that in Europe and Canada, both markets, they seem to be a little bit more interested in the senior population than they are here in the United States. I don't know why that is, you know, but here it's still, you know, I would say uh, seniors over here are a little bit more ostracized. They're a little bit more, they get older, they go to retirement homes or nursing homes and people tend to kind of forget about them. That they don't exist anymore. I mean, obviously people that have families care about them, but you know, there's a lot of, you know, I've just, I've noticed that like, we've got a lot of feedback from Europe and Canada, both like, this is a great idea, you know, like we would love something like that here. I'm sure at this point they're probably, and I, I know for a fact there's a, a company in Canada doing something very similar. And I'm sure there is the United States or UK or Europe as well. But, Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about what the product actually is, because I mentioned gotcha. up front that um, that there's gifts and treats and that there's mm-hmm. um, photos and letters and things. But but what's what's kind of the, the 
you know, tell us about a typical box. What's going out next month, maybe? Uh, the typical box next month, I, I think we just sent out our July box. A typical box, though, I mean, I'll just give you more of a typical box because okay. ve- they're very similar. They'll just change a little bit. We'll have, you know, usually some sort of beauty product like soap or, uh, you know, hand cream or something like that. Uh, chapstick, uh, something that, you know, something that you'll use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a treat, you know, some sort of like a cookie or, a, um, you know, something tasty that you, a little packaged thing, prepackaged thing, you know, it's not never going to be anything like that will go bad or anything like yeah. that. And then, you know, like in the beginning of the year, we might put like a calendar in there or an activity book or something to that effect, you know, where, you know, things that you can do or read. We've done um, a memory book before where, you know, somebody who's a senior can write down all the memories of their childhood or their adulthood as they've grown older so that they can pass on to their grandchildren or either their parent or their um, their own children mm-hmm. so they can reminisce about things like that. Normally, what, what we try to do is make them high quality gifts or at least one really kind of premium gift, not like some sort of sample that a lot of yeah. subscription boxes put in. And then things that are consumable or usable, we know like a lot of seniors, they don't have a lot of room or they don't, they have everything. So they don't need more knickknacks or things sitting around collecting dust. So we try to give them something they can either use, eat, um, you know, something to that effect. And then, but each box, what makes our box a little bit different than most subscription boxes is you can personalize it with up to five photos in a personalized note, you know, like happy mother's day or something to that effect, you know, can't, it's not usually a super long letter. It's usually a few, few sentences, but you know, so that kind of adds that personal touch and that's what makes it kind of connecting, you know, families connecting or friends connecting is it kind of gives them personal touch. Like this is what we've been up to. Uh, here's some photos, you know, and a lot of older folks, you know, they're not on the computer as much or, you know, mobile savvy with their phones or whatever. So they're not always, you know, seeing what, going on within their family it's kind of like what people do around christmas time when they kind of send out letter like what mm-hmm. we've been up to kind of thing it's, you can do that on a monthly basis with grand box cool. but and, like um, i said the, the core of it essence of it is that to personal touch but then all you know stuff that uh, older folks will really like we add, we try to either add something kind of fun and new as a product or like a nostalgia brand something that they grew up with something they can relate to like you know like i you know used to eat this candy or whatever mm-hmm. when i was a kid you know that kind of thing nice and um, you mentioned people can personalize it mm-hmm. that to me just sounds like an absolute logistical nightmare um, yeah. so <laughs> how did you manage that well you know we're still it is kind of a logistical logistical nightmare it's been the number one problem as we've scaled mm-hmm. you know before we used to literally just print them out on our computer when we were in you know, a smaller company. Now we have more of a robust system with professional grade photo printers and what have you, but we are trying to automate the system a little bit. We still do have to like ask people to send in photos and then go through them and, you know, put them basically manually put them with each order. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are currently speaking, kind of figuring out a little way, better way of automating it where, as those orders come in, we can print them immediately and then kind of, um, uh, kind of like, I don't know how you'd say it, like individualize those orders mm-hmm. so we know exactly which one they went to without having to kind of go through the, the, the emails. Yeah. So, but yeah. that it is, it is the most difficult and time consuming aspect of the subscription box that we're making, which I'm sure is a why a lot of people don't have those personal touches. But it's also, it's, it's like it's, it's the difficult bit, but it's also the bit which makes you stand out, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's and that's 
always what most people like about the box. They really like the stuff they get, but it just adds a little bit more, you know, of a sentimental value mm. when you add those photos and that note. You know, and we've had a lot of people tell us, you know, like their grandmothers or grandparents or whoever cry when they get the box, you know. Wow, and I'm sure great. it's not because they're getting, you know, <laughs> a treat or whatever. You know? so, although sometimes it is because, like I said, it's the nostalgia factor of whatever mm. brand it is that they, you know, talk about. Very cool. Yeah. And what, what platform are you using to sell it on? Are you Shopify, CrateJoy? We're on else? CrateJoy, you know. So uh, we, we, we like CrateJoy. It's got its pros and cons, you know, and I don't want to say anything bad about them because they have been great. They are very uh, uh, responsive when we have an issue or whatever, which we have had very few. Uh, but the best thing about it is they have all the payment plans laid out specifically for subscriptions. So we don't have, you know, when we first started, we were using our own platform mm -hmm. and it was very difficult, you know, rolling over when people cancel. You don't want people to cancel. That doesn't mean they cancel their, you know, their plan from three months now, for, you know, their plan for the three month order. They're just playing, you know, they're canceling now. So they don't have the recurring cost in the three months. So, you know, Create Joy really provides all that stuff. And they have a marketplace as well where people can go if they're really into subscription boxes and see all the different offerings. Cool. And um, what does the team look like these days? Um, are, you, are you guys still doing it part time or are you... You full time and I am still kind of I wouldn't say I am full time. I'm still part time. You know, I'm most of the time I'm spending on this what I do for the company, which is partnerships, marketing, PR, is in the evening on the weekends. Uh, and then Joe, he kind of does Joe and Allison are the other co-founders. They do more of the ordering, you know, more of the logistics stuff, uh, the operational end of it on a day-to-day -day basis where they're, they're handling the photos, the letters, they're ordering the different uh, items for the boxes and shipping them, you know. So it's basically us three for the majority of the time. And then we hire, we have people. We have a, a social media person who handles that. She also takes the photos of the box each month. Um, and then we have four or five people that help well, with the packaging, you know, when, on the shipment days. Usually, we usually ship in the middle of the month. Uh, so usually the weekend or the week before that shipping, that specific day, you know, will take three or four days to um, pack the boxes. Yeah, that's that's the one of the biggest differences I think between a subscription e-commerce model and the normal in inverted commas e-commerce yes. model is, you know, picking and packing is something that only happens once a month. Yeah, and it, it is. all happens once a month. Oh yeah, that's, you, know, you know, and as we've grown, you know, it used to be we could handle it, mm. you know, with the three of us. It would take a couple of days, but now it, we can't do it. It just, I we used to do it from our apartments, you know, and the entire apartment would be full of boxes, but, you know, but it saved us that, you know, that money we'd spend on a space, yeah. but as we've grown, we just can't, we couldn't do it anymore. We, you know, we've, so we have our own space now, you know, we have extra help. Uh, we, we couldn't, you know, cause we've gotten more into the thousands. We used to be more in the hundreds. And as we've crossed that threshold, you know, people would be surprised the difference between, 200 boxes to even like 700 boxes, you know, that was when we really started to be like, Oh my God, we can't really handle this anymore. You know, mm -hmm. at least like we used to. So, and then when we got into the thousands, it, you know, it became a little bit more difficult <laughs> as you can imagine, but we're still pretty lean, you know what I mean? And one of the best things about our company is how little money we really have put in it of our own. 
You know what I mean? We, mm-hmm. some people jump in the deep end. We decided to really kind of take it slow. And as a result, we might not be as big as some of the huge boxes, but we've also had sustained growth, sustained growth, and we've spent very little of our own money. And, you know, we didn't really have expectations that we'd be quitting our jobs, our full-time jobs, the first, you know, six months, like some people do. Some mm-hmm. people quit their jobs, start it. Well, that's putting a lot out there. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. That's just not the way we went about it. And I think the way we went about it was best for us and it was more comfortable for us. And, you know, we, um, when we first started, we were getting offers from a lot of incubators and stuff like mm-hmm. quit your job, come, come to our place, but they wouldn't offer any money up front. We're like, well, you know, we still have to pay the bills here. We're not, neither, none of us were wealthy um, by any stretch of the imagination. So it's just not realistic, you know, mm. uh, you know, in business, you always want to take a chance, but you know, I don't want to go hungry. I'm not, I'm not 20 anymore. You know, maybe if I was a lot younger, I would have been more willing to do that. But you know, I'm in my forties and I was not willing to just risk my entire, you know, future for, you know, necessarily um, just for something that we wanted to, you know, take a look at on a, you know, on a trial basis to a certain extent, we just want to see if this would work for us. And it really has, but you know, we still stuck with our full-time jobs when we first started. So, but at this point we do have full-time people, you know, Allison's one of the founders, she's full-time. So it's, yeah, it's, so. it's evolving, isn't it? And I, yeah, I think it is, you know, and, and that's, you know, and the subscription box industry itself has evolved, you know what I mean? It's very interesting. I'm, a, I'm, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and other types of groups where they're in there because you get tips from them and what have you. And it's very interesting to see how everybody kind of does it a little differently, but everybody, you know, has, a level of success or failures based on different ways of doing things. You know what I mean? Not, there's not one way to do it or, you know, one specific way to be successful or one way to fail or anything like that. You know, so we've all had our stories and we've all had our experiences. So it's interesting to see how people have done it. One thing that really struck me from your intro was that you said when you started, you'd already you'd scoped out what what the first 12 months of boxes were yeah. going to look like. Yeah. yeah. That, I know, no, I've spoken to people who've had an idea from a subscription business and they might have vague ideas for box two and box three, but they but they tend to just get completely blinkered and focus on box one. So yeah, I would say you're, yeah. you're quite unusual having gone for 12 months. Did that pay off? Yeah, I mean, I, think, did? I mean, I'm not saying we had every single item planned mm-hmm. out, but all of our boxes are based around a theme. You know what I mean? Every month, you know, some of them are looser, you know, we have like more of a holiday box around the holidays. So that's real specific. Some of them are more like uh, we have like a drive in movie theater box, you know, that kind of thing. So, so we basically had 12 months of themes and then, you know, probably the core item for each. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't say that we had every specific cost and item, you know, called for or whatever. Uh, for each, you know, for the each 12 months, but we did have, cause we wanted, we didn't want to have to scramble because as we started, you know, it is hard to decide like each month, you know, we don't know how long this, hopefully this goes on forever, but we don't know. And you want to keep the boxes original. And it's hard to come up with different items each month because mm-hmm. they have to have a certain price point. They have to fit in the box. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know, we, we have to think about, you know, 
seasons. You know, you can't put chocolate in the middle of summer because we don't know where these boxes, how far they're going to be going. I mean, we do. And, you know, some of them are going to California, some are going to Alaska, Florida, whatever. They're going all over the country. United States is large. So we have no idea if it's going to, how it's going to maintain. So we have to think like that. What's great. The first few uh, I think the first year we would put more fragile items in the box and then figure out, you know, like not a lot of them broke, but we had enough of them break that we're like, okay, we can't do that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? So, yeah, so we did, you know, figure out 12 months, but a lot of that was trial and error too. Some things that we sent didn't work, you know, we're like, oh my God, we can't send chocolate in the middle of July. <laughs> uh, we can't send, you know, some sort of candle holder that's made out of, you know, glass, it breaks, whatever. So. So that's, so some of it worked, some of it didn't, you know, and then after a while you start to get feedback from people, those who cancel or those who are still with you about the items they like the most. So you kind of start, you know, writing those items down and sometimes repeating them, you know, if they can be like in a different way where they don't, aren't exactly the same, but then you kind of get the items that people enjoy the most, you know. And I suppose you, you also learn as the years go on, which boxes lead to the biggest uplift in new subscribers? Yeah. Well, for us, it's always holidays. You know, I mean, it really is like, I would say 25 to 50% of our growth every year comes from about Thanksgiving in the United States, which is in November through the first of the year. You know, like that. I, I think that's how most retail companies are. Mm-hmm. You know, I would consider us, you know, e-commerce retail very similar. You know, July right now is one of the slower times. You know, we always strike. We kind of brace for that or understand that. But it's it's, it's definitely a seasonal business because our items, unlike most subscription boxes, which people are purchasing for themselves normally, ours mm-hmm. are gift boxes. You know, you don't even see what, you know, as a purchaser you'll have a vague idea or we try to tell you exactly what's in the box, but we don't always give away everything because we do have competitors and we don't want them to just be able to mimic our boxes, <laughs> which people have done. But at this, my point being like, so people are sending these gifts as gifts. So they have blind faith to a certain extent. And, you know, so as a result, you know, they, they don't even know what's in the box. So it's a little bit different than, you know, like when you're purchasing mm-hmm. for yourself, you see it immediately, you know, you'll get it, you'll order it, you'll get it, you'll look into it, you'll know exactly what it is and what you like or whatever, you know, so they have to take the feedback from the person who's giving, getting it, you know, like, which very rarely do they, does anybody ever complain, you know. Which is not a bad but thing. But it's always a challenge, say. you know. <laughs> what's that? I said, that's not a bad thing to be able to say that. You don't get complaints. Well, we don't, you know what I mean? Because I think what it is with seniors too, I think they're just excited to get something in the mail. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're not like uh, the younger folks like us or what have you who are ordering Amazon stuff, you know, all the time or whatever, you know, you know, we're so inundated with, you know, ordering things and getting things in the mail. I don't think older people do that as much as we do. So for them getting a package in the mail that they didn't expect you know what I mean? Because they don't get any sort of alert. Obviously, I'm su- I'm assuming that most people do tell, you know, their loved one, hey, I'm sending you something. Look for it in the mail. But, you know, it comes as a surprise. So it's almost like a Christmas present, like every time they get it, you know, they don't really know what's going to be in it, you know. So that's, you know, that's why, you know, people will film it and people really break down, you know, they're very emotional and have a very visceral response when they get these items or they get these, the grand box, you know. 
So, so it's very gratifying in that regard. Definitely. Now you've got the, these products that the customers are loving, both the people receiving it and the people who are, who are paying for it. Mm-hmm. I know we've got a lot of people listening who would love to double their business every year. So do you have a couple of tips to, you know, the key things to focus on if you want that kind of a growth growth curve? Well, I mean, it's it's a big challenge. It really is. I would say, first of all, like overall um, advice I would give is I really wouldn't throw too much money hand over fist right off the bat. You kind of want to experiment a little bit like what's going to work and what's not going to work. And you don't want to do that just by blowing money. I think some people immediately start to spend a lot of money on marketing and that kind of stuff. If you have a huge budget and, you know, and it's no big deal, go for it. You know, we did that. We had a zero budget. So we really had to do this stuff virally. So we had to like, you know, just spread the word ourselves. Um, so for me, what it, what it really, what we started to kind of learn or whatever is, you know, review boxes are always great. You know, sometimes I think people um, have a tendency to send too many out, though. They'll send like 500 review boxes. So they'll have all those 500 review boxes at one time. So you want to spread that out. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you, want, you don't want to like just have all your reviews at the beginning of the business and then kind of, you know, that, that buzz goes away. Um, so I w- but at the same time, you want to find the right reviewers. There's a lot of people out there that call themselves reviewers, especially now in the Internet age that really don't have any sort of following. They're really doing it for the free item. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to sniff that out a little bit. And how I started to do it is I would look up their website or blog or whatever it was, and then see their Alexa ranking, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because you don't want to just go by social media because you don't know how many of those followers or whatever are real or active. If you go to their, if you go to their Twitter account or Facebook account and you see a lot of likes or in shares and stuff, go for it. That's probably a good one. But a lot of times these people, they will have like 10 to 50,000 followers, but they're not active. They're not, they might not be real or they're just passively following that person. So you really want to be kind of, you know, you kind of want to narrow it down to that thought leader, whoever you, however you want to call them, um, and find a really good one for your, you know, your particular you know, item that you're selling or whatever. So that's where we've gotten a lot of traction. We've also done some other types of ads, Facebook ads, you know, people really do them a lot. I, we haven't really gotten a lot, to be honest, a lot of traction off of, um, when we started to really break down the numbers, social media was a little overrated for us. Like, yes, it gets you awareness, but I don't know if that necessarily gets you sales. So that, that's always a trick, so, especially for an item like ours. I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit trickier. Subscription boxes, I think, are a little bit trickier because people really want to know what's in it. If you're selling T-shirts or something like that, you can see it. You know, I think that's a great way to go. For subscription, I think it's a little trickier because I think you really need to build up buzz you know, yeah. more than anything. Where people need to have to – they need to have some sort of reassurance that there's value in this box. It's a great box. They need to hear somebody else tell you that. So a reviewer who's an honest one who's got a good following, that's the best way to go, I think. And Excellent. obviously, the trick for us, too, uh, is you really, you know, if you get a PR, we got a story once about us, an entrepreneur. We still, like, that was like three years ago. We still get, you know, you can still see traffic coming in from that. So if you can ever get into a major publication, 
you'll see big growth. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's fleeting. It'll only be that for that couple months, but you'll always have some sort of traction to that from that. You know, it always is there because people can just search it on the internet. Cool. Well, those were a couple of great tips, Andrew, there. So, but I think it's now time we move in to the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking their businesses to the next level. Andy, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, book. Ah, that's a tricky one. Um, Because I haven't read a lot of, uh, like for us, for the subscription, there wasn't, there's not a lot of publications, Mm -hmm. you know, and subscription boxes is such a um, niche uh, type of, uh, company these days that there's actually um, a subscription podcast similar to yours. I'll, I'll take a podcast instead of a I book. I think it's called Subscription School. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's related to Create Joy. It might not be, so I don't want to say that. That's where I've gone. You know, they've given me really good tips. So I don't really have a book, and I'm sorry to let the readers down in that regard. I don't really have a specific business book that I've read a lot, but I have to listen to this. It's called Subscription School. Cool. Okay. The traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, uh, that's, you know what, one that I've done that we had a lot of success with was a contest. Um, I think it's called raffle something that was really successful for us. And I really didn't have many expectations out of it. We got a huge email list from it and you can, it's real agile. You can add, you know, they have to share it on social media. They have to do this. They have to do that. So for us, that was a really, that was a new tech tactic that we really didn't do a lot of. I know they're popular, but I didn't really have any expectation for it to do that much. And it really did give us a lot of traffic to our site and a lot of emails. It was a really good, I think we doubled our email list just through one contest alone. We ran it for a month, you know. Nice. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, we have, um, we're using an app called PickReel. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, it's when you visit the site. Um, it, it, it's a simple retail tool in the sense that like, when you visit the site before they leave, they'll get an offering. So if they basically either didn't check out or were looking at the pricing or whatever right before they leave, like they're about ready to bounce on you. A little ad will come up like, get, you know, you can do it where there's a countdown. You can only you get this offer in the next 15 minutes or it goes away, that kind of thing. So that's been a nice little handy little tool that you can add to your website. Okay, cool. And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I would say don't spend so much money on ads. Uh, get, get if you can, like I use Cision or something to that effect. It's fairly expensive. You don't have to do it on a monthly basis. Get some sort of huge, as big of PR type of list as you can and work that list email those people. You don't have to do all the whole list, you know, at one go around, email those people five to 10 people a day. You know, primarily that's what I'm doing on a daily basis anymore is reaching out to people. That is where you get your biggest growth. You get one or two really big articles. That's where you get your explosive growth. If you were on, you know, you got a segment in wall street journal, 
you know, if, even if it was a little blurb, I guarantee you, you'd go from a hundred to a thousand plus in one month, you know, so. Very so nice. don't, don't, I wouldn't worry so much about ads like Facebook ads and stuff. That'll get you slow growth or, you know, might get you some stability and some growth here and there. But if you want big growth, you know, where you explode, that's the way you got to get a that big write up. So work, you know, work those PR connections, work those writers, that kind of stuff. Excellent. Well, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Andy, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Well, the company's called Grandbox, so you can literally just search Grandbox. Uh, but the website is My Grandbox. So M-Y-Grandbox, G-R-A-N-D-B-O-X.com. You can go there. You can see everything we're up to when the next order is going out, that kind of thing. So MyGrandbox.com. Great. I'll add links to that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Master Plan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Andy, thanks so much for being on the e-commerce Master Plan podcast today. You've been brilliant and it's been really interesting to dive into your world of subscriptions. So thank you. Thank you, Chloe, for having me. So guys, a nice little masterclass into the world of running one of those subscription boxes and um, really fascinated to hear how they're kind of still running it as a side project and have had all that growth over the last five years. Just goes to show what you can do if you put your mind to it to create a great idea and go for the organic growth. But what do you think? Join in the discussion in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook and don't forget to answer the questions. Have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.